0: Welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today I am joined by my good pal. Hey, I'm Eric D. Eric D. Now, you might know him as uh, the mind behind Meth Syndicate. The, uh, how would you describe it? I always want to say apparel company, but I feel like that short changes you.
1: It's uh, Yeah, it's definitely started as a, just making t-shirts on the internet, but it's his own little world now. But uh, yeah, it's some sort of shitty Instagram brand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> shitty Instagram brand. Yeah. That's uh, that's one way to, to describe it. But the whole reason why I wanted Eric on the show, he, he makes a lot of uh shirts that are, you know, parodies of things. And he came out with a shirt that was for Pure Moods. And if you don't remember what Pure Moods was, it was a compilation of kind of New Age music. They had, you know, also like Celtic stuff in there, world music, all of these kind of... uh. Very hippie, uh, crystal. Like if if music was a healing crystal, it would be Pure Moods. <laughs> it's essentially the kind of music it, it is, and I, I just it brought me back to sitting on the couch and like waiting for Pure Moods commercials to end, so the Girls Gone Wild commercials could start because that's essentially when you would see it so
1: most of the times you saw pure moods you were like we're ready to have a boner
0: (laughs) yes yeah i was i was i was in a pure mood (laughs) 100 percent horny so and and if you don't remember pure moods it was a very 90s thing started in 94 went up until the early 2000s and you know they're compilation albums and these things were advertised on tv left and right there is so many different you know, incarnations of these like direct to, you know, direct response commercials for CDs. Like, uh, I mean, now I think about now that now that's what I call yeah, music. Order now kids bop and, and, and stuff like that. But pure moods really just stands out because it's such a moment in time. And the reason why I think it's a, it's worthy of being a culture dump is because it's, like world music and new age music and this world beat stuff is such a piece of the mosaic of nineties music, but it wasn't MTV stuff. I mean, these bands were huge and these groups are huge, but this isn't stuff that you would see music videos for. And if you did, it would trip you the fuck out. Um, and also it's, you know, we, we don't, we don't buy things from commercials really anymore. There's still infomercials and things like that. But back in the day, like that was a really successful marketing plan. So, Now, and now it's just gone. So let's get into Pure Moods. What was Pure Moods? Well, Pure Moods was the first of 12 compilation albums released by Virgin Records in the mid-90s to the early 2000s. The overall theme of the albums was music that fit into the genres New Age, Trip Hop, World Beat, Ambient, Celtic, Smooth Jazz, and World Music. The series gained popularity after an onslaught of late-night direct-response commercials pleading you to call now. (laughs)
2: Imagine a world where time drifts slowly. A world where music carries you away. Experience Pure Moods, the perfect soundtrack for your way of life. Direct from Europe, this multi-platinum collection has won the hearts of millions. Set adrift with the timeless pleasures of tubular bells. Or take a trip into the unknown with the X-Files theme. No other collection gives you the feeling of pure moods. To order pure moods, call the number on your screen or send check or money order for the amount shown, plus shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now. In retrospect, the Pure Moods commercials
0: left a longer impression on pop culture than the albums they were advertising. Much like Girls Gone Wild, Pure Moods became a staple of 1990s late night marketing. The difference between the two titans of television advertising was that Pure Moods was advertised 24 7 rather than just in the wee hours of the morning when, yes, I was, you know, working on a bone. <laughs> you know? But, uh, it, and, uh, like, I mean, it, if you haven't seen the commercial, obviously this is, you know, an audio show, but go do yourself a favor and just YouTube Pure Moods commercial. It will come up and there's a bunch of them and we're going to get into all of them. We're going to get into a couple of the acts. Um, what was it about Pure Moods that you like, when did that pop into your head to make that shirt? Cause I'm guessing it was really popular. I mean, people seem to be going ape shit when you came out with that.
1: Yeah. I just like, oh, man. Uh, so a lot of Brands, uh, a popular style lately is just long sleeve shirts with just shit all down the sleeves. Right. And in my head, I was like, oh, what's the lamest thing I could put on on a T-shirt, <laughs> but make it look cool. Right. Like, the, the you know, it, I still want it to look cool. Um, And I was like, oh, man, like, I actually listen to Enya – an enigma like in real life like i i enjoy them <laughs>
0: yeah not just funny instagram life. yeah
1: no 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 i enjoy that music it calms me down but i was like oh man a pure moods like uh t t-shirt would be funny so we ended up making a a nine color screen printed <laughs> really amazing shirt it cost me way too much money to produce but uh people my age really reacted to it oh we, yeah we, for we sure. sold out sold out
0: immediately i i have friends that you know work with you know at work as designers for you know Really big kind of like bullshit companies, you know, where, where it's like, you know, oh, like we got a, a licensing deal with fucking, you know, Blockbuster or something like yeah. make whatever. And of course, they they sell like crazy. But those friends were like, like, holy shit, this dude made a pure mood shirt. Like, yeah. Fuck, if, if, yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm going to do something that like weird, it's got to be uh, pretty obscure. And, and I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I like... <laughs> I actually listen
0: to Enya, so I like this was already on my radar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's get into it. This is Moods 101. The compilations originated in the UK and were initially released as Moods, a contemporary soundtrack. The album was released by Virgin Records and featured several artists from the label. The goal was to feature all of the most popular groups that were making these relatively new styles of music. In nineteen ninety-four, the album was released in the United States as Pure Moods. Now, Virgin at the time was signing all kinds of bands like this, like you know, like Enigma, Enya, Brian Eno, like there was just, you know, uh Tangerine Dream. There there were so many I almost said Tangerine Sky, but that's a Cottonmouth King song. <laughs> <the> fuck Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but,
0: but you know, it, it, it was a, it was a thing because it, the thing with world music um, and and new age stuff more so is that there is a lot of technology being brought into it. Synthesizers in the late 70s were, you know, coming into their own, of course, they would explode in the 80s so the use of just like a room full of technology to make music was a relatively new thing and this style of music really kind of like Encapsulated that. So Virgin decided, let's put it all together and make a contemporary soundtrack. Now, Pure Moods was given a revamped track listing and was re released in 1997. This release was much more successful than the 94 release. This is due to the fact that by this time, many of the songs and artists included on the compilation had been featured in popular films and television shows. You right now Eric have a Pure Mood CD here.
1: Yeah, so I I own the CD. I keep, actually keep it on my desk for uh inspiration in the morning. It, it <laughs> relaxes me when I have my coffee. Just looking coffee. at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm old and yeah, it's but yeah. I, I but I didn't really know there was two versions of it until Ryan uh told me and I checked the back and I do have the 1994 or no. Mine says 96 and 94. Sorry, I'm showing him the CD right now.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Well, so yeah, copyrighted and, in and 96. So maybe I don't but. have the original. Who fucking knows? I mean, honestly, we could go really deep right now, folks, and I could pull up the 97 <laughs> versus 94 track listing. I'm not going to do that. But, oh, my God, dude, I'm just looking at this track list right now, and I'm just like, dude, let's just throw this on for the rest of the episode. I know. You guys Fuck, just want to listen to it? listening to me. yeah. <laughs> Nothing relaxing about that. <laughs> exactly. Now, there is a decent-sized list of moods releases, but before we dive into that, let's get into the meat of the Pure Moods Sandwich. The genres included in the Pure Mood series are distinct but also related. There are dozens of artists that were featured on these albums, but we are going to focus on who Culture Dump's considered to be the biggest and the baddest. Enigma, Yanni, and Enya. Enigma is the project name of German-Romanian producer Michael Cretu, who helped produce and develop, and in many music historians' opinions, perfect the world beat genre. World beat is a genre of music that fuses the ethnic and indigenous sounds of world music with the dance-oriented beats of pop music. The genre's creation is credited to Dan Del Santo, who in the mid-'80s coined the term for his Austin, Texas-based radio show, which was just called World Beat. Early examples of mainstream world-infused pop music can be found in the music of Paul Simon, David Byrne, Peter Gabriel, but by 1990 it was Enigma who would reign supreme over world beat. Enigma is some sexy ass massage music. Yeah. That that's what it is. It's uh it's it's music for you to make love to if you're making love in like a hot spring or like on top of a volcano. If, if you're coming in slow motion. Yes, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Enigma. Oh. Yeah, that's and that's kind of what it sounds like. But like the the production of these if you listen to Enigma, it's so huge. Like there's m- like major major work that goes into making an Enigma album. But it also, you know, we'll find out that there were some shortcuts that were taken as well. <laughs> uh, so, Michael Creetu worked with David Fairstein and Frank Peterson on the first most well known Enigma album, MCMXCAD. This album The includes- Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh, you want to talk about cool shit that could be on a sleeve? How about MCMXCAD? That's that's some long sleeve stealing it. black metal hardcore shit. Uh, this album includes the smash hit Sadness Part 1 and reached the top 10 charts in 10 countries, including the UK and the United States. The Enigma sound is characterized by the use of Gregorian chants or other elements of traditional music from all over the world, spliced with New Age beats and synth compositions. Now, in 1991, Enigma was sued by the Munich-based choir, Capella Antiqua, who claimed the distortion of the samples used from their 1976 album, Paschal Mysterium, infringed on their rights of personality. Enigma had sampled some Gregorian chants for his songs, Sadness Part 1, as well as *Mia Coppa Part 2. Cretu thought that the songs were in the public domain, which was true, but the recorded versions he used were copywritten by the choir. In Europe, they recognized moral rights in the arts, meaning that if the integrity of of the original work is compromised by the party using it the creator of the original work can sue for damages that is something we do not have here in the states you can literally take a classic song and just butcher it and as long as you have the rights to it no one can do anything it, it sounds like though
1: like doing um like sampling happy birthday versus sampling happy birthday recorded by the beatles yes you it, know it, if, if to, to make it easier to understand right which i it, get it, I'm exactly sab- so i'm worried
0: they're gonna come after me now Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, I also just love like, who would like, if you. I mean, first of all, I just like to think, like, my, maybe Michael Creetu's is just, like, an idiot. And he was like, well, no, this is, like, ancient music. Yeah, who's right. going to sue me? These monks? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, they, yeah, these fucking monks <laughs> are going to come here and sue me. But they did. It's like, dude, you're not listening to – if you're listening to music, it's not fucking ancient because it was recorded, yeah. first of all. Professionally, it sounds yeah. great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The But also, it's like, who would have thought that, like uh, – what were they called? Uh, yeah, Capella Antiqua. Like He's like, wait, who? Have you heard the original version? No. <laughs> wow, we should do that at some point. <laughs> yes, and then give each other massages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing. But also, I just love the idea of like moral rights, where it's like, no, yes, like you might have bought the rights to like use my song, but you fucked it up so bad that I still have the ability to sue you. That's like, I, I just love that concept. But in 1998, Kreetu, aka Enigma, was sued once again. This time by Taiwanese singer Defang and Ige Duana for his use of a sample of theirs in the song. Return to Innocence. Again, Cretu claimed that he thought the song he was sampling was in the public domain. He settled out of court with the singers, and they also received a credit on the song, including royalties from sales. This is like cultural appropriation, like, at its finest, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, like, let's rip off the Gregorian chants. But now, no, I find these, like, Taiwanese singers, which I was surprised because Return to Innocence, which sounds like this... I thought that was like natives like native americans it sounds very indigenous you know and, and also uh, it's uh sorry <laughs> it's a uh, it's
1: it's it's that's a the chorus of the song pretty much that is a banger there's no yeah. there's no bangers in public domain no that's, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that shit rules. That's why that was like a platinum hit.
0: Because, yeah. Like well, also it's like I mean it, it's the uh, I believe it was used in the the film Man of the House with with uh, Chevy Jonathan Chase Taylor and, Thomas and JTT. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Yes, and and that movie is about you know a you know new stepdad comes into a young boy's life and uh, they join. A, a, it had, like... a Young Indian Jonathan
1: Taylor Thomas. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's like, Indian Guides or something was, was the name. I, I mean, I'm guessing they don't call it that anymore. <laughs> you know? But I'm guessing they don't call it Indian Guides. But they join like, a Boy Scouts thing that's, like, you know, based around Native American practices. And uh, they end up taking down the mob. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> But Mike in it. there's a whole lot of shit going on. But that song is the one thing that stands out. It's like at the end when like he realizes, like my new stepdad's all right. Maybe you know he makes mom happy, so let's all work out. And then like the Return to Innocence oh, starts man. playing, and it's it's a it's a beautiful film. But the second of the Pure Moods Titans is Yanni. Now Yanni is a Greek composer, pianist and producer who is generally known for his massive orchestral compositions that use elements of prog rock as well as new age themes. He's also known for his long hair and incredible mustache. Yanni is one of the most recognizable faces of the 1990s, I think. But so, no one's that, ever heard is of Is that cello? Is what it? was
1: what was his uh, poison? He's a cellist, right? No,
0: no, no. He, no, he played like a billion keyboards. Oh, really? But he was also kind of like a conductor for like these massive.
1: I remember Yanni. Oh, so he was like more of a composer. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm thinking Kenny G as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Kenny G was. Also I can see Yanni. Yanni had the moods.
1: mustache. Kenny G did not.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yanni had balls. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> Kenny, nice. and Kenny G did not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, Kenny G could also be considered a major titan of pure moods. But he's also, I think, a dump on his own. So I, d- I didn't include him in this. But uh, back to Yanni. Moving to the U.S. from Greece in 1972, Yanni cut his teeth playing with rock bands and performing solo while he attended college. After earning a respectable reputation locally with his band Chameleon, I believe this is in Minneapolis, Yanni moved to Hollywood, where a slew of right-place, right-time moments led him to a flourishing career in film scoring. His work in film propelled him to stardom as a solo performer, although solo might not be the best word for someone known for playing with a small army of musicians. His 1993 live concert video and album release, Live at the Acropolis, has been seen and heard by over half a billion people, and is considered to be the quintessential Yanni release. My dad was kind of a, a hard ass uh, growing up, and and you know he, he was a, a sheriff and worked in prisons, and was just a, a gnarly dude. Fucker loved Yanni. He always had a Yanni tape like always live at the acropolis like i was like like, not even like an actual album but like the live thing and i think we even had the vhs tape that's uh that's psychotic yeah (laughs) yeah 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 if you want to get into the mind of a law enforcement it it starts with yanni but also it's i I mean again yanni looks like the cover of a romance novel like that's that's kind of his aesthetic In 2006, this is this is where it gets uh, culture dumpy, folks. In 2006, police were called to the Greek music gods home in Malapan, Florida, after his then girlfriend, Sylvia Barthes, claimed he grabbed her and threw her on the bed as she was attempting to pack her things and leave. He was arrested and charged with domestic battery, but the charges were later dropped. But in Yanni's defense, he claims that Barthes had kicked him and injured his finger. What a fucking, what a composer, like, lame dude thing to f- whine about. Hey, that one finger is probably worth more. <laughs> I mean, <if> you, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, he's, he But point- no, but there's no, there's, okay, first of all, there's no excuse for grabbing your girlfriend and throwing <laughs> her on a bed. My and finger! Then, and sitting on top of her, yeah. he's like, my fucking finger! One billion. Yeah, half a fucking billion people heard this finger play live at the Acropolis. you
1: your <laughs> moods too, you yeah. bitch! <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly and well it's also worth noting that yes yanni only appeared on pure moods two three and four not the original one so he kind of loses a little bit of merit there but the biggest and most recognizable artist to be included on the pure moods albums is irish sensation enya enya aka enya patricia brennan she also has a traditional irish name that i for the life of me cannot pronounce and i'm not even going to try it does it it have an o in it I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I think it has like seven O's and a couple Z's and like a three yeah. Y's and a P. I don't know. It's like an insane name. But Enya Patricia Brennan is the, the translation. But Perfect. we know her as Enya. She's one of the best-selling artists of all time, the number one Irish solo artist and the second biggest artist in Ireland after U2. She has sold over 75 million albums worldwide and has made, which, you know, technically makes her one of the richest musicians in the world and she is absolutely the richest woman in music in britain and ireland she
1: must live in a castle yeah well yeah, yes exactly with that kind of
0: money you would you would think but we will get to that okay her musical roots stretch back to the 70s where she performed in her family's celtic folk group Clanad. in the early 80s she left the group to pursue a solo career under the management of Clanad's manager Nikki ryan Ryan's wife, Roma Ryan, worked with Enya as her lyricist. It was with the Ryans that Enya developed her signature sound, which was a combination of synth-driven New Age, Celtic music, folk, church, and classical. She's also known for singing in up to 10 different languages. Like, yeah, Enya is, a, she, we don't deserve her. First of all, <laughs> I like I
1: I make like penis jokes and put them on T-shirts and there's people out there selling 75 million records with it, like doing ten different languages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: there's actually like and really talented people feel, in the world. And you makes out. me feel like a piece of rubbish. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ever want to? Uh, you know, be humbled. Just uh, look up Enya's life. Jesus. Her first album titled Enya was released in 1987 and was originally recorded as a soundtrack to a BBC documentary titled The Celts. Her next couple of releases were immensely successful, but none more so than her album A Day Without Rain, which was released in 2000. The <laughs> album single Only Time became Enya's biggest single to date. Who can say- This is in part due to the use of the song in several televised tributes to the lives lost during the tragedies that took place on September eleventh, two 2001. Yes, Enya became like the 9/11 girl, <laughs> which is—I ind- mean, you could have so used an American, American though. Yeah. You know, Not to not to sound uh, you know too crass here, but it was 9/11. Like 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 we we didn't have a you know fucking share. Couldn't have done something. Right. Or, or she like, totally could have. Or like Aretha Franklin or fucking, you know, any of the legendary American singers. But no, nothing spoke to the American people in our time of need like Enya did. Um, uh, it's it's also worth noting, though, that on the original Pure Moods, that isn't the song that's included. Uh, it's Sail Away. Which is a banger. Which is a banger, yes. Only
1: Time is a banger, obviously. It's amazing. Right. right? Sail Away is like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my chef's kiss right there. <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. Um, another thing that about Anya that kind of made her uh, sought after was that she never played live. She she played live on on television maybe a couple times like lip syncing style. But as far as concerts go, she she never really wanted to do that. And uh, they even worked with um, like George Lucas and like Industrial Lights and Magic and stuff to like create like the ultimate Enya live experience. But then she just never went for it. And, like, really? I, but I can I imagine mean, it's like insane. Maybe she can't pull it off live. Yeah, maybe it's not her. (laughs) Millie Vanilli! (laughs) That's a callback to episodes three and four of Culture Dump, folks. Now for the Culture Dump stuff. Anya lives in a fucking castle. Alone. Oh, she does. Yes. You didn't know that? No, she actually I, lives in a castle. God, that's yeah, awesome. she bought it at auction for like two point two five million, and uh, that's it, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, you would, like when I think of a castle, Sorry, I I'm in, like it's I like a billion cal-
1: dollars. The two bedroom house across the street from me is that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a day without rain, move
0: to California, and yeah, Jesus Christ. It, yes, it, exactly. But uh, yeah, and she she bought it at like a an auction and, and all this stuff. But she lives in this. Castle alone, but even creepier than that is the long history of Enya-obsessed stalkers that the Irish siren has accumulated throughout the years. In 1996, a crazed fan who wore her picture around his neck stabbed himself outside of a <laughs> pub owned by Enya's parents, and this was a reaction to his getting permanently banned from the establishment. Enya's parents own a pub. That's fucking cool. Enya lives in a castle. That's fucking cool. A guy stabbed himself outside of the pub that Enya's parents owns. That's kind of cool (laughs) but i like that he he stabbed himself
1: because he got banned from going he didn't stab himself because of enya he stabbed himself because he's like get out of here you piece of shit and then he hung a picture of their daughter around his neck and stabbed himself is
0: like some super crazy rejection shit it's well i mean well let's just uh put this out there stalkers are fucked and really (laughs) crazy and so they uh Uh they do things like that but um wait do do you know where he stabbed himself I think just like in the chest and stuff. Like, Classic. you know, it, it wasn't like uh, uh Elliot Smith kind of situation. He wasn't going for
1: the, the gold medal. He yeah, was trying he, to hurt himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: bronze at best in the <laughs> Olympics of stabbing yourself outside yeah. of Enya's parents' pub. Damn. <laughs> well, actually, I guess in terms of stabbing yourself outside of Enya's parents' pub, he's the gold medalist. Imagine if no Elliot Smith that.
1: stabbed himself outside of Enya's parents' pub. <laughs> because he
0: got banned? No, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. That's actually what uh, Everything Means Nothing to Me is about. It's about getting kicked out of uh, Enya's parents' (laughs) bar. So October of 2005 proved to be a busy month for Enya. On two separate occasions, fans on the edge broke into Enya's castle. The first was arrested after being caught inside the singer's sprawling estate. The second and more traumatizing of the two involved a fan breaking in, then tying up a maid, ransacking several rooms and safes, and eventually eluding capture. He was later arrested. Uh Enya was home at the time and had triggered an alarm from the confines of a panic room that she had installed. Oh if you've seen the film Panic Room Jody it, Foster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and uh Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dwight Yoakum is in it, and the best part about the movie Panic Room is that Dwight Yoakum, who I I love, Punches Kristen Stewart in the face. I could watch it on a loop. Not that I even have a problem with Kristen Stewart necessarily. Just jiff it, bro. Jiff that shit. Yeah, just like, donk, donk, donk. donk." I could watch it a billion times. (laughs) But also, I wish Panic Room was about Enya in her castle. Like, you know? And also, like, it just boggles my mind when someone gets tied up. Like, that's such a hardcore crime. And, like, you got to really be kind of like a a consciousless hard-ass. Was this
1: this in the 90s?
0: Uh no, this is 2005, dude. Oh man, so yeah, they had,
1: people had sidekicks and shit, so they could yeah document it. Yeah, I was gonna say you get away with so much shit in the in the 90s, you know, because like
0: there's you yeah. live in a castle in the middle of nowhere, like yeah, that's <laughs> that's it, that's it. But uh, also, I mean, she had all the security installed, you know, gates. I'm sure there was a moat, maybe a drawbridge, oh, gotta uh, be a moat. you know, like a, a weird hunchback a, that a moat filled with beer, yeah. <laughs> Enya's just like and this is my beer moat <laughs> but again a panic room like i've never heard of a panic room actually being used and it's fucking enya in a castle like imagine if like um like a, a, a like bathory or something like Countess' bathory like in an ancient castle like running into a panic room it's just crazy but we got an honorable mention here trip hop We got to get into trip-hop really quick. It was another major genre included on Pure Moods. The Bristol group Massive Attack is credited with defining the genre. They also infused elements of world music with the help of several vocalists, most notably dub reggae legend Horace Andy. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in because I love just the word trip-hop. It reminds me of a cat in a hat hat or, like, acid. (laughs) Yeah, so I listen to, like rock,
1: hardcore and punk and shit like that. So when it comes to electronic music or anything of that sort, I know there's like so many subgenres and like deep dives, but I don't know the difference between any of them, but trip hop sounds pretty dang fun to me.
0: Yo, know, trip hop is kind of like the music you would put on when you, like, your freshman year of college or, like, I that age. I didn't go. Right, so, r- yeah, or, well, or, or we that are. age. And you wanted to <laughs> seem cool, so you put on, like, Massive Attack or Portishead. Uh, and it's, it's, it's almost like a musical version of Netflix and chill where it's like, oh, yeah, you want to come over and, like, listen to Portishead? <laughs> it's, like, this, like, <laughs> sexy music. Um, But you, you might be interested in this. Uh, the nicknames of the Massive Attack founding members uh, members include Mushroom. That's one guy's name. A guy's okay. name is Mushroom Daddy G, and Ooh. 3D. So Mushroom Daddy G and 3D uh, are kind of the founders of trip hop. <laughs> so, that's a, such a sentence. So, right sorry, there.
1: someone sent me a picture of one of the guys from Massive Attack with my shirt, and I posted it. And someone was like, uh, "We're pretty sure that's Banksy." <laughs> Have you heard that theory that someone from no, but yeah, I can mean, see that. I mean, it's like someone said, he had to
0: get the money from somewhere. For someone a, said it's of that one shit. of those
1: dudes. I don't need to go and like take you away from it, but I was like, <laughs> really, like because if he has my shirt, like that's. Weird. And well, crazy. you'll never know.
0: I'll never know. Yeah. I, I don't want to know either. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll, you'll never know. <laughs> so I love those names. Yeah, yeah. The Mushroom Daddy G. You know, hit us up. We'll uh, we'll, we'll send you a Pure Mood shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let's get into the other moods. Now that we've talked about the the three titans, the re-release of Pure Moods in 1997 prompted the release of other volumes of the compilation, as well as several spin-off comps. The list of moods is comprised of. Brace yourself, folks. Pure Moods, which came out in 1994 with the re-release in 97. Instrumental Moods had a UK release in 95. Cinema Moods in 1995. Gregorian Moods in 97. Celtic Moods in 97. Instrumental Moods re-release in 98. Christmas Moods, that's uh, topical for, for the month. Pure Moods 2 in 1998. Scottish Moods in 1999, which was the only one that wasn't a compilation. All the music for that was originally recorded by David Methan and the Munroes. And then you have Pure Moods 3 in 2001. Pure Moods 4 in 2002 Romantic Moods in 2002 and then finally the the kind of uh, headliner of the whole event you have Pure Moods Celestial Celebration which came out in 2004 what the it's a fuck? lot of shit It's a a lot of stuff. And these are all, again, direct response commercials, which are, you know, like basically an infomercial where it's like, call now, buy now. We'll we'll listen to that. Romantic moods, though. Yeah. Dude, Gregorian moods. Like, you ever just been in like a Gregorian mood? I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's like, you ever just wake up in the morning, you're just like, oh, that's what I'm feeling. It goes to my toast. I don't know. Like, are you having a tough day? Eh, just a a little Gregorian. Just in a Gregorian mood. I'm in a cinema mood, romantic mood. Do you have any instrumental moods? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, once Amoeba reopens, I'm going to call them and be like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for uh, the UK release of instrumental moods. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you have it on vinyl for Record Store Day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: The Pure Moods series by Virgin Records is not to be confused with the Moods series of Pinnacle Records. This series played on the same title as Pure Moods, but with different themes, like Pure Country Moods, Pure Rock Moods, Pure Jazz Moods, Pure This, Pure That, etc. There's a ton of them, and they're totally unrelated. But because Pure Moods was so popular, they're like, "Let's throw Moods on the end of our shit." Fucking biters, dude. Yeah, totally.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, well, it's like I mean, you you know had a uh, you know saw some success with your Pure Moods shirt. I'm actually going to make Pure Moods 2 shirts. Go ahead. And <laughs> Gregorian Moods shirts.
1: I, we'll, we'll team up. Uh, Meth Syndicate and Culture Dumps is going to do a Romantic Moods long sleeve.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: and it'll come with a burnt copy of it. And a condom. Ex- <laughs> yes, which you will need. A
1: burnt condom.
0: The memory of Pure Moods stands strong in the minds of those who were so overly exposed to the television commercials that were relentlessly pushed onto us. Uh, you know, that these... Again, you you couldn't escape them, and that's why it's such like a, a callback that anyone you know between the ages of I want to say twenty seven up. Would have been exposed to a Pure Moods commercial at some point. And it's always, you know, these very self important, self indulgent commercials that almost are more relaxing than the CD itself. But that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it. Uh, I mean, to this day, you know, people are still, you know, putting it on shirts. People still get excited about it. It, it. It's still a thing because we don't have music like this anymore or, or nowadays it's so music is so accessible that you can just click around and find virtually any genre of music on, on YouTube, whatever you can put on a, a playlist on YouTube of like six hours of any genre of music back then though. I mean, you know, cause again, this stuff wasn't really on MTV. So you would see this commercial and you're like, Enigma, fucking Yanni. Enya, who, like, who are these it's people? It's
1: like buying pure moods in the nineties was like buying a massage chair from Brookstone. Yes. You, you It was part of your relaxation. There was no playlist. There was no YouTube. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you throw on pure moods, and it was a pure mood. Yeah, and it fucking chilled you the fuck out, dude. Yeah, (laughs) chilled out. So what does it all mean? I guess the reason why it's a dump is because, A, we don't have advertising the the same way, especially for music. Also, just it's such a a glimpse into a, a moment in time where... Again, like, this kind of music, it doesn't really exist like this anymore. Like, the people that made it back then are still making it, but that's it. There really aren't, like, new, new new-age... Things happening or, or world music, at least not in the mainstream realm, which Pure Moods 100% was in. I mean, it, it was major, but now it's gone, you know, and and commercials for CDs like that are gone. And I mean, no one even buys CDs anymore. No so th- that's kind of why it, it's a it's a dump, you know, and uh, we also, you know, I, I just want you folks at home when you look up the Pure Moods commercial, because I know you're going to call the number and then send us an email and let us know. What happened? Ask them for a copy of Pure Moods. I can call it. Call it. Call it. All right. So I pulled up the number and it's
1: 1-800-283-2751. Call now for Pure Moods. 1-800- 1-800-283-2751.
0: 283 i am excited. I hope it's still Pure Moods. <laughs> I, I'll I fucking order one right now I hope there's it
1: still... <laughs> is. Everyone's getting one. I'll have a stroke if, they, if it's Pure Moods. <laughs>
0: Come on, Pure Moods. They're too relaxed over there. It, at least tell us no. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not Pure Moods. I feel moods. like uh, we're doing like Al Capone's can we bu- here. Can we buy this number now? Yes. Yeah, and when yeah, you call it, free... be like, this is... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure Enigma like, oh, it's free and domain. its domain. public domain, you know. Uh, I all right. Well, the number you know that yeah. doesn't work anymore, or they're asleep because the relaxing sounds of, of Pure Moods. But uh, you can also you know hit them up at uh, Pure Moods PO Box four 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 AR at Colorado Springs, Colorado eight zero nine three four. Two day express delivery is also available, or was. Again, folks, you got you got to look up the the commercial. You know, we we, we play clips of it, but you got to see it. It, it. It's such a it's such a thing, and it's so funny that a a CD is such like a, a visual topic for, for, culture dumps, but it really is all about the commercials and that's why we wanted to do it. So that being said, Eric, where can we find your stuff?
1: Um, well, the pure mood so- shirts are long gone, but <laughs> I always think of weird things to put out and there is a few uh, shirts in the vein of that coming out soon. And that's just methsyndicate.com, uh, and then methsyndicate syndicate on Instagram and Twitter, which I don't use,
0: but it is Meth Syndicate sixty nine. Rad, oh, <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> sick. All right, folks. Well, if you have a Culture dump suggestion, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at Culture Dumps or email us at culturedumps at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive Podcast 99 and Culture Dumps content at patreon.com slash dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Eric D. of Meth Syndicate, and this has been Culture Dumps.
2: Woo! To order Pure Moods, call the number on your screen or send check or money order for the amount shown, plus shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now.